0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speak Brave Podcast with your host, Mark Guy. I love it that you're here with me spending some time. I hope your day is going fantastic and it will get even better. I have a special guest today, uh, a dear friend, Robert Bohr in the studio. Hey, Robert.
1: How are you today, Mark?
0: I'm um, good. Thank you so much for coming and oh. sharing part of your day with us. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, Robert, could you just tell us who you are and tell us what do you have going on in your life right now?
1: So, my name is Robert Boer. I am a country boy from West Central Oregon. I grew up with sheep and cows and chickens. And uh, I realized that wasn't going to be the end-all, be-all for my life. So I got some technical training. I've spent 35 years in the IT industry. And recently, I've made a lot of personal changes. So I started a business. I decided to go out on my own. got tired of the corporate world a little bit. And in that process, I have pushed myself to develop myself in ways that I've never developed myself before. I've connected with a rotary team, so i put service above self. I've connected with a Toastmasters group because I want to be a better communicator. And in all of this, I'm just trying to focus on me becoming a better human so that I can help other people become better humans.
0: This is interesting, and I want to build up on that, Robert. This is how we met. We met through Toastmasters International, which is a great organization. We talk about Toastmasters on the show quite often my follow-up question is why is this important for you to get better why is this important for you to become the absolute best
1: you that's a really good question I think I spent a lot of my time over my life just walking and going through the motions and with a lot of education you can get away with that however in the end it doesn't really help when you're trying to mentor a grandson or when you're trying to move through the idea of connecting with your daughter when she's no longer a child she's now a living adult and these are things that as I was when I was younger I never really had to focus on because it was all part of the day-to-day work but now I have to get better so that those relationships continue to grow and continue to deepen and continue to mature to places where, well, who knows where they're going to go.
0: I love it. So if I understand you correctly, Robert, you were relying on your technical and your intellectual expertise, and you have arrived at one point that it's not everything in life, right? Right it's not all be all it is important
1: it is important i mean we have to have skills we have to be able to make a living Mm -hmm. but in the end i don't believe any of that's going to be left over right when we get to that place where we begin to look back at what our life entails we're going to realize that it's the relationships we make that really matter i don't know that i've heard anybody uh, laying in a hospital bed say god i wish i would have coded one more program (laughs) I really think it's about. I wish I would have spent more time um, enjoying my wife, enjoying my children, enjoying my grandkids. Maybe building a better community.
0: So, what does it look like in practical terms for you right now? How somebody's listening right now, and they may re- be very much understanding uh, where you come from. So, can you talk to us, please? What is that successful? Mindset looks to you right now? How are you building those relationships specifically? What we're looking for is stories. I'm looking for stories, something that we can hang on to and, and, and maybe take parts in our life.
1: Well, I'll give you two stories. Uh, number one, I have taken back, control my time. And I make sure that I'm intentional about putting people in my life that are important to me. Just the other day, my grandson and I picked up tennis rackets and headed to the tennis court. He's 11. I am 58. This was not a good adventure for Grandpa. However, we played tennis for 40 minutes, and we walked away recognizing that there was not a better thing we could have done with those 40 minutes than just chasing tennis balls all over the tennis court. It was an absolute wonderful adventure. The other story I'll tell you is I took my grandson out to a service opportunity where we were helping prep uh, a space for a, um, a marathon race. It was actually a 5K. And my grandson and I did some service work together, and we were walking around talking to some of the other booths, and somebody handed him a Frisbee. Now, we were not planning on this, But just because we were there, we actually got to spend time throwing the frisbee between us and other people in the space for probably a good 20 minutes. It was something that just happened because we were together and we chose to do something to serve somebody else, which turned out to be something that connected us.
0: Mm. So some things I'm hearing is your intentionality with time. Yes. Yes. And why is intentionality important?
1: Because there are many things that are grabbing for our attention today. I mean, these electronic devices and all their alerts and alarms and all of the news media that that wants to pull you into the things that they believe are important, it takes you away. And before you know it, days, weeks, months have gone by, and you've really lost all of those things that you said were important due to distraction. If you're not intentional about your time, somebody will be intentional about taking your time from you.
0: Mm, this is so good. If you're not intentional about your time, somebody will be intentional in taking the time away from you. I think that's powerful. I think that's powerful. Um, Robert, so if I understand you correctly, looks like you are building a legacy. I love
1: the term legacy. I don't know that I really understood that until about two years ago. And it really hit me that I've been spending so much time trying to get stuff. More money, better job, better car, better house, better, 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 more, more, more. And at some point in time, it just happened that in a interaction with my daughter, and she now has three kids, so I have three grandkids, I realized that they weren't getting anything out of my life. And if I was ever going to have an impact on those kids, I had to do something, anything, more than what I was doing today to build that relationship and help them understand that through the time we spent together, they could see a different future than the one that they would see if they weren't, if we didn't spend that time together.
0: So you are taking that leadership role to plant the seeds of being a better human for your uh, grandchildren. And, I think to be, for them to be better.
1: I think that's a good way to put it. I, you know, it's one of those things where I remember growing up. Well, let me rephrase it. I remember being a father to my children. And I remember the demands of being a father, making sure that we had a house and making sure that we had food and making sure they had an education and making sure that those things were a part of their life. And really, I didn't take the time to invest in them in a way to help them grow to be that. I was too busy taking care of their immediate needs. And at this point in time, I realized that I watch my daughter in her busyness trying to take care of the, the individual needs, and she needs help. And this is where I can step in and, and be someone that can invest in these kids without having to have the burden, that heavy weight of making sure that all of those day-to-day needs are being met. Mm.
0: This is interesting. Uh, as my follow-up question, Robert, how, how do you see yourself as a leader, specifically, What have you learned about your leadership style?
1: It's a very interesting question because it has been quite the journey over the years. I think we'll stay with the current space because I'm not sure we have enough time to go through all the changes. But currently, I believe as a leader, I really want to serve others. I'm here to help them to become the best they can be, remove obstacles, help them answer questions they may not have answers to today. I'm no longer interested in driving to the top of the mountain. I'm more interested in watching people get to the top of the mountain. And I think from that, it really is talking about developing others and helping them to recognize what is and is not important about growth.
0: So you are a guide?
1: That's a great way to put it. In fact, my business card says I'm a quality guide.
0: (laughs) Great, Robert. This is a great transition to your business. Talk to us about the work that you are doing and who are you helping.
1: The name of my company is called Streamline. And we are an organization that understands that there are gaps within businesses that aren't being filled today. And those gaps are about putting a consistent, repeatable framework in place for people to understand how work is going to get done. We call them systems. And we help business owners who are frustrated with this idea that their entire life is going to be consumed with email, phone calls, checking things off their to-do list, and they've really lost track of why they got into business to begin with. We want to free them up from all of that busyness and take them back to the original passion, the thing that caused them to love what they were going to do when they started their business in the first place so that they can begin to live out what they really expected their business to become.
0: And you have mentioned the word systems. Do you mind sharing specific, do you have a case study or something that we can understand deeper?
1: I do. A lot of businesses, when they move from that small size business and they start opening up and they hire more people and they've got more money, they tend to fragment from a communications perspective. And what happens is, is, as the individual business owner in a small business, I'm handling most of the communication. So the message stays the same regardless of who I'm talking to because I'm the one communicating. When... More people are involved, and that message needs to stay the same. We tend not to frame or document how we want that message to be communicated out from the business, and we want the business itself to carry the communication style of the leader. So what we do is we help the leader sit down and take a look at all the communication vehicles over the entire business, and we wanna make sure that the messages coming out of each one of those communication areas is specific to what they want that to be. Therefore, there's no ambiguity in terms of what the message is coming from the business.
0: Uh, what will be like an ex- real life example?
1: Real life example. The business owner picks up the phone and calls the customer and says, hi John, We're having a great time serving you. You've been a great customer for us. Uh, We just want you to know that we found a mistake in what we were doing and we want to fix that and we're going to offer you some discounts to make that happen. Now, employee B is walking down the street one day and runs into the same customer and says, Hey, everything's going great. We've never had a problem with anything you're doing. Now, all of a sudden, we have a disparity between what the owner says And what the employee says, so the customer does not get the same message coming out of the business. And that is something that really confuses customers. It gives them a little uncertainty in what they're doing, and we never want that to happen. So the idea is we have a true understanding of exactly how we're going to communicate with customers. The owner is responsible for making sure the entire business understands how that communication is going out and those messages that are going out. It's one of the most difficult things that any organization can do, and that is put together a communication plan that communicates the exact message that the business owner wants communicated.
0: Because the alternative to that is confusion in the mind of the client, customers. Yes. Pros- prospects too, and other, mm-hmm. you know, people who are not even clients yet, but still uh, members of the community. And when we have that confusion, we have no sales, right? We, we, the business uh, deteriorates, right? The Correct. The business falls, fails. It can
1: fail. Yeah. Or it can stumble along and not be as efficient or effective as it possibly could be. Yeah. And the reality is, is we want to get the maximum effectiveness out of every business activity that we can. Efficiency can come later, but it has to be effective. So many times we make ineffective things really efficient.
0: Robert, why are you doing this type of work? What brought you to this point? Why why do you care to help others?
1: So I spent 30 years in corporate America, and I spent 30 years watching departments internalize and really only care about themselves and not care about the organization as a whole. Everybody's in protection mode. I have... My set of requirements I have to get done, and I don't care how those requirements impact people on the other side of the business. And as I was going through these organizations, I spent many, many years inside of these companies, 10 years at a time, and I developed relationships across the organization. And when you begin to realize that your work was having an inverse impact on people that you cared about, it really became important for me to, re- to, to realize that there has to be a better way. There, there's got to be a way in which we can act in a responsible way that is in the best interest of the organization and the people that were in that organization as opposed to just my own self-interest, which kind of takes us back to where we were with the legacy piece.
0: Do you think that this is a problem you can solve? Um, and how? How? Because the reason that I'm exploring this, this, you know, it's real, right? A lot of uh, departments are in a protection mode and very difficult to care about, you know, other departments or other of the company. It's very difficult. It's a hard sell. So what kind of language or what kind of things you can say or do or model so you get a buy-in from everyone?
1: I think the important part is we need to create an educational system for new businesses that are moving in that space from small to medium size. It really becomes a cultural issue more than it becomes a, I can change and boil the ocean. You know, it's just never going to happen at the corporate level. You can make small changes, but once you reach that level, if it's not a built in part of who you are, it will be very difficult to make it a part of who you are. But as we begin to train people earlier on in their business life cycle or in their business careers and those places going on, then they naturally take those attributes and they begin to move those into the corporate world. And as they grow and as they become bigger, then it's built into their systems. And that is how we want to change the world. We're going to really do it at a grassroots level and, try and move this locally statewide nationally we really want to create a a a movement that teaches people earlier on so that they don't have those problems once they get into the more mature aspects of running a business
0: so culture 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 is that hidden driver of rules of success when you scale the business,
1: right? Culture is the hidden driver. The interesting part is most business owners do not understand or don't recognize the fact that their business entity really takes on the identity of who they are. It's really presenting themselves to the organization or to the world through an organization. And what happens is, is they don't follow the values they say are important when it comes to going to make money And really what we do is tie those things together. We take and listen to them and find out what the most important values they have in life are. And we begin to incorporate those into the business through their systems so that it doesn't get lost in the noise.
0: I love it. Mm -hmm. I think this is exciting. And we will get to how people can connect with you and work with you.
1: The best way to contact me is to go to my website, which is www.streamalign.com. Or you can email me at robert at R-O-B-E-R-T at S-T-R-E-A-M-A-L-I-G-N dot com.
0: And I will be happy to provide your website address and your email address included in the show notes when this episode is published. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you, Robert, for coming. Glad to be here, Mark. Thank you for sharing very interesting thoughts about culture culture legacy
1: communication
0: communication there's so much more to oh. talk about thank you Robert you're welcome thank you everyone who listened thank you for being <laughs> part of this journey with us um, I hope you learned from this guest uh, and also listening to this podcast that take more risks takes more risks now in speaking and life and because your life expands with the amount of courage that you have right that's one of the famous Uh, sayings. Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to speak brave and I'll see you next time.